This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Program. Wherever you're watching or listening, welcome. We're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience where I do a service every single week for my staff and their families. You know, we are living in very troubling times, ladies and gentlemen. We just talked about that before we came on the air. One of the ladies that just came back from Jerusalem, she was there uh, when the war started and her friend has been killed in Jerusalem. Actually, she went into the war zone trying to help her daughter have a baby and take care of the family right into the kibbutz area where they slaughtered him and she was a victim. See, we don't know what a day might bring. We are living in troubling times. You don't know what's going to happen. America, all through America, I believe there's sleeper cells. Also, if you keep track of world events and eschatology, war could happen anytime, even nuclear war. If you study the book of Revelation, you know the red horse, the white horse, the black horse, the pale horse. Trouble is coming. Even talks about billions of people dying. It's time to fully trust the Lord. And that's my message today. It's time to fully trust the Lord. We need to recall his works of grace in our hour of trial. Now, my notes, obviously, are always from the Bible and also from uh, uh, David Wilkerson's article. But uh, we need to learn to trust the Lord more than mental assent. Everyone says, I trust the Lord, but the actions don't show it in times of trouble. It shows just the opposite. You're trusting in something else, but it's really not the Lord. From Adam to this present day, God has been searching for a people who will entrust their lives totally to Him. He desires a body of faithful believers who will give Him their complete trust and confidence and commit themselves wholly to His keeping. The Lord has always had a select few individuals throughout history who were totally committed to Him. He's always at it. The Old Testament contains an entire catalog of such individuals. Yet, what God wants is a unified body of people who will trust him entirely. He doesn't want just a few people. He doesn't want a remnant. He wants a body of believers, the bride of Christ. He is still looking for informing that people today. In his people Israel, God had a great hopes for having a committed, trusting body as his special people. Set apart by grace alone. Deuteronomy 7, 13, 15, and 21 says, He will love you and bless you and multiply you. And the Lord will take away from you all sicknesses. The Lord your God, the great and the awesome God, is a among you. Now, these are incredible promises. Enough to take anybody through life. God gave them to Israel because he wanted them to be able to accept his word. Stand on it. And lead lives wholly committed to him. They were to live their days without anxiety or fear. Leaning on his wonderful promises. That's what he wants. Did you, did you catch it? 
without anxiety, without fear. The majority of the people of Israel fail. The majority of people today fail. However, Israel never entered into full trust of God. And that is why they could not enter the promised land. Now, there's a paradox we need to understand. Do we want our own promised land of rest and peace, of trust? Can we learn to wholly trust in God? Or you can memorize the Bible, you can quote the scriptures, you can preach on it, but that doesn't mean you can do it. They did not mix the word they received with faith. They were full of unbelief. They did not apply and appropriate grace and trust with faith. Okay, we have to appropriate grace. You know, grace, we give grace and trust with faith. That's how we have good relationships. God gives us grace, doesn't he? He gives us marvelous grace, but we don't give grace like we should sometimes. But God gives it to us. Now, we want it from others, but can we give it to the unlovely? We're unlovely sometimes before God, but he still gives us grace. Now, these are things we, we need to fully understand. That God wants us to live our lives without anxiety or fear, leaning on his promises, so we can have the promised land of peace. We need peace. I mean, I love peace. I don't, I, I don't like fighting. I don't like to be a basket case because I let my emotions run away with me. God wants us to be able to live in our own promised land. If we can incorporate grace and trust with faith. With faith. Faith is actually acting on what grace and trust is. So the byproduct, instead of anxiety and fear or hate or unforgiveness, is peace and gentleness and kindness and loving. And we can go to sleep at night. Israel never entered into full trust with God. The writer of Hebrews tells us there is a holy rest available to Israel, available to you and I, a holy rest. It's there for them, it's there for you and I today. The Lord your God, the great and awesome God is among you, Deuteronomy 7.21. What is this rest that awaits for us to claim? It's childlike trust in the Lord's keeping power. My little boy, Michael Jonathan Jedediah Hansen. I like, see, I like the name. I like to say that name. It's a powerful name, and <laughs> I love my little boy. Michael Jonathan Jedediah Hansen. He has such childlike trust in mommy and daddy. He can go to sleep, and this boy always gives me a big smile and a kiss, and I love you, daddy, and don't matter if I've, you know, it doesn't matter if I corrected him. I love you, daddy. This is what God wants from you and I. Childlike trust. Grace. This boy gives me grace. We're supposed to give grace. If we can live with grace, let me tell you, you have peace. You really have peace if you have grace with other people. There is peace. You have peace. Remove the grace and you have fighting and bickering and, and conflict and headaches and everything else. 
Do we want to enter our own promised land of peace? The rest of the Bible talks about is a supreme confidence in God, a trust so sure and complete that it ends all fear and anxiety. Again, my title, it's time to fully trust the Lord. Why? Because we are entering into very dangerous times. Again, Sharon just came back from Israel. She had no idea war would break out. She had no idea. We are in those times that we could literally, before this day is over, have a nuclear attack on America. I'm not just talking. It is real. If you study the pundits, they are talking about it. They're using the word nuclear war. Because our, our president is pushing the buttons of Iran, Syria, Russia, China. And they're saying, what's, what's he doing? Is he trying to create a war? A world war? Maybe that's the only way he thinks he can stay in power is martial law, war, and no election. You know, Romans chapter 1 tells you if you don't receive the truth, you fall under deceivableness. If you're under deceivableness, you can do all sorts of crazy things. You can pick a fight where you should not be picking a fight because you're deceived and you're led by evil spirits and evil spirits want people to destroy each other. This rest, placing one's whole life and future into the caring, loving arms of the Lord, even for those who walk closely with Him, have trouble truly trusting Him. You can walk close with Him, but you might still have trouble trusting in Him. What about Jesus' disciples? You may ask, didn't they walk in true faith? Surely they trusted the Lord. They walked with Him on earth for three years. Hadn't Jesus picked up a group of followers who would trust him completely? The truth is that our Lord was dumbfounded, absolutely, I believe, flabbergasted by the disciples' doubts and unbelief. I think of the scene in Matthew where 5,000 men, not including women and children present, gathered to hear Jesus teach and be healed and see him perform miracles. Amazingly, on that day, the lame walked, cripples leaped, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the dumb spoke. Matthew 14, 14 says he healed their sick. And the disciples watched it all happen. As the throng grew hungry, the disciples tried to persuade Jesus to send them away. Jesus answered, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Matthew 14, 16. He said this knowing the disciples had a few loaves of bread and fish among them. When he told them to go feed the thousands sitting to them, he was looking for evidence of their faith. They had watched him perform miracles. Now go do it, is what he said. You've watched me. Daily you've watched me. Go do it. That's what he was saying. These disciples had seen Jesus perform miracles of all kinds, not just on that day, but many times before. He had instantly healed a paralyzed man. He had raised a ruler's daughter from the dead. They had seen him cast out devils, heal lepers, calm storms, restore the sight of people blind from birth. They had watched all of this. 
Jesus was saying in a sense, surely you have seen that I am God. You have seen all of the miracles I've done. You must believe that I can do anything, that miracles are possible, even in the feeding of this multitude. In short, it was time for them to trust the Lord. Are we together? How many times can we quote testimonies of time and time and time and time and time? God has been faithful to you and I. Time and time if you're a minister of people being healed. Yet a day comes and you doubt with unbelief and get worried and fearful. And don't act with grace and trust to have peace in the storm, to have a promised land of peace. And this is what Jesus was saying. What is wrong with you guys? I mean, that's exactly what he was saying. How long do you have to be with me? O ye of little faith. Suddenly, before the disciples' eyes, another miracle happened. As Jesus blessed the meager food, it kept multiplying. The disciples carried the food to the thousands, a task that must have taken all evening. At the end, they brought back 12 baskets full of bread and fish. They couldn't do it because of their lack of faith. They didn't multiply grace and trust together to produce faith or miracles. So he did it again. How many times could we see a miracle, but instead of God using us, he has to use somebody else? Because for whatever reason that day, we're not, multiple, you know, we're not putting grace and trust together to have faith. And somebody else has to step in and let God use them. Sometimes Jesus addressed any lack of faith remaining in them. He asked, what do men say that I am? The son of man? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, Matthew 16, 13 through 14. Jesus got to the real issue. But who do you say I am? Matthew 16, 15. Thankfully, Peter rose up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Matthew 16, 16. This was the faith response that Jesus was looking for. He was so excited at Peter's faith, he said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Matthew 16, 17. If Peter would only remember that each and every time, he wouldn't have failed Jesus just a little bit later. He wouldn't have denied Christ, run, hid, hide, lied. He did not put grace and trust together to produce faith. Later at Pentecost, he repented, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and then he constantly lived a life of grace and trust with faith and even died for the Lord, doing miracles daily. And that's what we can do. We can, we can live in the promised land. Now let's zero in on you and me, the body of Christ at this time. How many times has the Lord performed amazing work for you and you've responded? I'll never doubt him again. Have you said that in the past? I'll never doubt him again. However, you quickly forget him when your next trial arises. Do we really trust God daily? Have you committed your life and future completely into his hands? Have you entered this rest and with full confidence in his keeping power? God is looking for a people who would trust him completely. 
That's what he wants you and I. He doesn't want us to go up and down like a roller coaster. He doesn't want us to be like the disciples, filled with anxiety and worry, fear, unbelief. He doesn't want us and the disciples even fought with each other. Even fought with each other. From what I see, there is so much true faith in Jesus, but not much left in the church. In the practical, everyday walk of many Christians in America and many other places, there isn't much faith in operation. The world sees very little evidence that God's children rest in his keeping power. When we become weary or frightened by our trials, we begin to walk in fear and anxiety. Our lives consist mostly of one crisis after another, a seesaw of faith up and down, hot and cold. Oh, we like to think we trust the Lord, but most of us have seasons of unbelief. Times when things happen beyond our comprehension and we feel overwhelmed. Our prayers go unanswered for months and we give our, up our hope that God will ever do anything on our behalf. Is that true? I think that speaks for just about everybody. Today, God is still saying, I am looking for a people who will trust me all the time. Who commit keeping their lives into my hands. Now, that's what he's saying. That's what he wants. There's no condemnation here because for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. But that's what he wants. And we can ascertain it. It is possible. Or he wouldn't have said it. It's the daily working out our salvation and denying the carnal man and acting in grace and love and unforgiveness. Daily, 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 daily. Sharon, you lived with Dan how many years? 68 years. Now, those watching on television, I have a lady here living with her husband, just went on to be with the Lord. In fact, he saw visions and the Lord spoke to him in heaven and this and that, gave great testimonies, so he wasn't afraid. He was excited. 68 years though. In 68 years, I guarantee you, Sharon, you gave a lot of grace to each other. Every day. Well, they wouldn't make 68 years. If you don't give enough grace, you won't make 68 months. If you don't give enough grace, you might not even make 68 days. Some people, you know, get annulments right away. One or two days, I want an annulment. God is still saying, I am looking for people who will trust me all the time. What happens when you have become entangled again in a sin that once you were delivered from? Haunted by the verse that God says will keep you from falling and present in faultlessness. What happens when you are bruised and bleeding in your struggle to get free from that net that ensnares you? Despairing that you are not faultless before God. What time is it? It's time to trust the Lord. Only the Lord can tear down the devil's snare and set you free if you'll trust him. It's only the Lord. Let's say your finances are a mess. The bills are piling up and you're constantly losing ground. You can't get your head above water. You see no hope ahead. You wonder how deep will the hole I'm in be a year from now? You have become discouraged, worried with no help in sight. What time is it? It's time to trust the Lord. God already has a way out for you. His miraculous provision will come if you don't grow weary in well-doing. It will come. 
Perhaps there is sickness in your home or trouble in your workplace. You have prayed about it for weeks. You love the Lord dearly and know you are not living in compromise. Yet you don't understand why you have to go through this great testing. Perhaps the great biggest trial of your life. So what time is it? It's time to trust the Lord. He holds your deliverance. You need guidance and direction. There's confusion in your life. And you desperately need a word from God. You want to do His will, not wanting to make a wrong step. You have prayed for hours, days, weeks, months, maybe years, but no word of direction has come. What time is it? It's time to trust the Lord. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46.10. Just think of Job. I talked about him last week. I've never met a person that has went through as much calamity as Job did. A man that was, did no wrong, but yet God allowed him to be tested. Constantly he kept saying, I will trust in God. I will trust in God. I will trust in God. Wow. God is looking for people who will look to him as trustworthy. I believe the Lord is saying to you right now, dear one, you have preached faith, shared your faith, since the day you first turned to me. When are you going to trust me completely? When are you going to lay everything in my hands and enter my rest? Why won't you remember the miracles I've done for you? Why won't you lean on my promises? If you only knew what is yours, all the things I have meant for your peace and rest, why will you not let me be God to you? God cares about you. He cares about me. He's concerned about your specific circumstances. And he is not going to let you down. So repent of all your seasons of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Pray to him now, Father, I need you. I don't want to doubt you every time the winds of adversity blows. I want to be faithful to you. I want to trust you in everything, Lord. Every time I face a trial, help me to say, it's time to trust the Lord. Amen? Amen. I believe this without a doubt in my life. It's time to fully trust the Lord. We have never entered into the, the waters, the seas that we're in today. It's never happened. I'm telling you, things could escalate so fast in Israel right now. You could push it into the point where Russia and China get involved. America has already bombed targets in Syria. We are very close to entering in what could be a world war. And if it becomes a world war, you're going to see nuclear weapons. And if you see nuclear weapons, I don't know how many people are going to die. I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to say it's time to fully trust the Lord. If you don't fully trust the Lord when, when things really get bad, not just something goes wrong that you don't like. When it really gets bad, I'm telling you, 
I don't know what's going to happen to your faith. It's time to fully trust the Lord. For you, for me, for all of us. There's coming a time you can't run to the doctor. It's time to fully trust the Lord. Because when things blow up, there might not be a doctor available around you. When things blow up, the grocery stores are going to be empty. When things go up and you can't buy or sell like the Bible talks about, what are you going to do? Especially if you live to run to the grocery store every other day. Jesus told his disciples, Oh, you of little faith, how long do I have to be with you? And he did the miracle of feeding the thousands again. He wants us to be able to do miracles. He wants us to enter his rest, into his peace, into his promised land, putting grace and trust together, producing faith, which produces miracles. That's what he wants. Can you say amen? We'll enter the promised land. We'll have peace. We'll have peace. We'll have peace in the middle of the storm. I want peace. I want to live in peace. Ladies and gentlemen, again, World Ministries International, this is Jonathan Hansen, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. You can have peace. Give us your very best donation to keep us on your local television or radio station. God bless you. Now here is my friend, Scott Farah, and he's going to help you with your business. Scott? Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years. Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business, or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the Independence Program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount. So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care, and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us because we need to know that you are with us and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7, and 8. We believe that if you joined hands with us, together we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360-629-5248 and say a short prayer for us in your message and leave your phone number too, okay? So one more time, 360-629-5248. Thank you and God bless.